the future of photography. Hey buddy, how you doing? I'm doing fine, how are you? Excellent, I'm doing well, thank you. And I am going to talk to you today about a camera accessory that is going to force you to go and buy a new camera bag, no matter what your better halves in life say that you have too many of them already. But you know, the, the big problem with camera bags is that people buy them just big enough for what they have, and then they add a new lens, and then they need a new camera bag, and then they make the same mistake over again. I've done plenty of those mistakes. Yeah. It, yes, and, and, and actually, uh, we, we do live in a world right now where there are so many great choices for camera bags. It's, it's, it's awesome. All sorts of different shapes and sizes. But it's, uh, that, that's not quite the, uh, the, the thrust of the show today. <laughs> um, but it is a consequence <laughs> of what we need to talk about. Um, so, uh, uh, okay, so let's start from the basics, right? Most of our cameras today have some kind of microphone in them, yeah? True. Uh, yours does uh mine does i even have uh, my little travel camera um my olympus tough camera um has uh microphones that can go underwater for one thing which mm. is a bit odd sometimes when you come out of the water they go for a bit until you shake the camera but that's okay um and it has a little feature where even if you're not into video you can add about four seconds of audio to a photograph to a still photograph uh, capturing it after the event um, so yeah. so does it does it like when you press the shutter do you have to talk to caption it or is it just the audio what's what's the purpose of that feature it, it in that particular camera you add it later so if you've taken oh, a photograph okay. and let, let's say you take a photograph uh, you're at the beach um you could then uh ha capture um a, a few seconds of the waves crashing or something like that you know so it's it's that kind of thing you know um, what i'm not it's difficult to consume other than in the camera because there are very few applications that allow you to to match two files together at the same time and what have you but but so i have a, yeah. i have a camera that does that uh that does that too it's called the iphone live photos does that too it's, <laughs> oh, it, cap do, it captures they, yeah. a little video snippet with every photo if you have it enabled and i believe there is audio with that as well uh yes i've had audio on on live photos yes which, which can which, which can be embarrassing if you don't expect that but um <laughs> depends on how how you shared and who you shared with i think the audio will be shared with uh the live photo yes Ah, good point. Good point. Um, and this is, you know, this is still photography stuff. Of course, uh, most cameras that you would buy today can record video as well, which is one of the reasons that they have uh, microphones in them. Uh, but let's be honest here, right? Most, if maybe all in-camera microphones are not delivering us the audio quality that we would like. Uh, and if you talk to a, a, a any kind of experienced videographer, they'll tell you that um, you can get away with rubbishy picture quality, you know, and your video is still watchable, but you can't get away with poor audio quality. That makes video unwatchable, even true. even however good the picture might be. <laughs> very, very true. Audio is important in video, so, yes. It is, yeah. And so, yeah, and... Uh, and and yet, uh, we live in a world where all of the cameras that get released uh, have ever-increasing video capability, and nobody does anything about the microphones. <laughs> Unless you're <laughs> kind of a serious videographer, because that it, it re really the audio really changes. I cannot emphasize this enough that how important audio is for video. 
it, it, it is incredibly important. Um, uh, and, and as you know, I, I dabble in shooting video for personal you know, basis, most, mostly for family memories. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the, the audio is something that I, I, I've got coping strategies for it, but, but I do get frustrated that our cameras don't have better ways of capturing audio. Now, I've put a link in the show notes to a couple of microphones. Now, these are microphones that um, you can put on the hot shoe of your camera. And uh, assuming that you've got uh, a little mic input on your camera, which many higher end cameras do, not all of them, but many higher end cameras and some cheaper ones as well. Um, then you can plug that microphone into your camera. And then when you shoot uh, a video, uh, it'll capture the audio for that video through the microphone instead. And that will be the vi- the audio that gets uh, saved down into your video file. Um, I love doing this. Actually, one of the links I've put is, is to uh, a microphone that I personally use, which is the Rode Video Micro. Um, uh, which is tiny and for its size is really super effective. And I, and I, I really like using it, actually. Um, uh, and it has the added advantage if it comes with what Rode call uh, the dead cat as part of the kit, which is the, for those of you that don't know, because it is a slightly counterintuitive <laughs> name, is, of course, the, the big fluffy thing that protects your video from, uh, sorry, the video, protects your microphone from wind noise, which is another curse of camera inbuilt microphones, isn't it? Um so uh, that's one that I use. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of links in there um, and uh, you know, for, for people to have a, a look at just to get a taste of uh, the sorts of things that I'm talking about today. Um, do you how do you have or use any of these you know, small on camera microphones at all? OK, so you have come to the right place because I used to do audio productions professionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, yes, yes, but that's different from that's different from taking tours to Morocco is, but, and and shooting photography, yeah. But as as with many things, the audio uh, you you can you can go a long way with uh, knowing more about the physics of audio, how audio propagates through a, through a room, because the biggest problem with on camera mics, and I have those, I do have those, and I use those, but the biggest issue with these on camera microphones is that they are uh, as far away from your subject as the camera is. And the distance, light travels in a straight line. And if it reflects off the walls, that is not a problem. But audio also doesn't do that. Well, audio also travels in a straight line, <laughs> but it also gets reflected off uh, the off the walls of the ground and gets into the microphone as well, which is what we call room sound echoes. And the further away you are, the more difficult that gets, especially with a microphone that is not directional. And what you, what you talked about, the, 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 the Rode video microphone and, uh, and others are made to be more directional. So they don't get as much of the room sound as you can, uh, as they can. But the best way to, do this kind of uh, recordings not with a family situation but if you are in an interview situation is to get the microphone closer to the person that you're that you're interviewing oh yes ab- absolutely i mean the, you know uh, it's funny isn't it because you can go onto youtube and you can see any number of videos on youtube that compare a hundred dollar microphone close to the person versus a thousand dollar microphone away from a person and the cheap one always sounds best because it's closer to the source yeah it wins all the time and and that's just 
science really that's just yes. audio science isn't it you can't get away from that but 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 I, i'm gonna have to ask you to to think like a photographer rather than an audio engineer <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> because um it often you don't get the opportunity to you know um velcro a lavalier a lav mic to i can never say that well how do i pronounce that word properly? lavalier no no idea lavalier 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 right so thank you okay where you go so all appell uh, yeah a laugh <laughs> a laugh, <laughs> a laugh. <Mike. laughs> yeah. the, the little the little mics you have on your tie or on your shirt that's yes because yeah. as a photographer you right, you don't often get the chance to pin one of those people on one people and say just hold still will you and, and slap this radio <laughs> pack to your that's belt. not how it works though no. no that's just not how it works in the real world is it um and that, that doesn't matter whether you know, where it, whatever your situation um, so, you know, actually one of the coping strategies that we have available to us as uh, as photographers is to have an on-camera mic. And, and I guess um, for those of us as photographers who are used to dealing with lighting, artificial lighting of whatever sort, um, the same is true of lighting, actually. You know, on-camera lighting is, is very rarely uh, anywhere near as pleasing to the eye as off-camera lighting. True. Um, so and and audio is is similar so it's um it, it's a compromise but one of the things that you can have these little directional mics that you can buy and they're not expensive um you know one of the things is that it, it stops is that um you don't get that horrible wind noise that covers everything and means you can't hear anything um also another thing is that if you happen to be in a conversation with the person that you're videoing um, it doesn't make your voice because you're right by the microphone really, really loud and their voice really quiet because the microphone is very much more directional and, and if you like, it's receiving from points in front of the camera. Um, it, it, it actually helps balance that out, which, which is nice. So as a photographer who is occasionally interested in shooting a bit of video, these things are, are really, really good. Now, that's point one, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> point, point two, um, have you seen the recent launch uh actually a couple of weeks ago at this point uh of the zeiss zx1 i only heard a few things about it but um no please fill me in okay so the the zeiss zx1 is a camera that has adobe lightroom built in oh in in which way (laughs) so difficult for me to tell not having had one in my hand but from what i've read um, this is a, a, a new um, fixed lens digital camera from Zeiss uh, that can, that has a really quite a large screen. It's something like a 4.3 inch screen or something like that. So it's almost like a small smartphone. Um, you know, if, if for those of us that had smartphones five years ago or whatever, um, it, it's, it's something like that, I think. Um, now, what that means... Um, is that and, and I'm guessing it's a touchscreen uh, one. Uh, and they built, they've done a deal with Adobe to have some version of Lightroom built into the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I mean, what does that mean? I mean, Light, Lightroom is a big piece of software that uh, normally requires either a bit of a decent sized computer or a decent sized tablet to work on. So th- there, there must be some sort of a reduced in functionality version in there, right? So from from the the press materials, um, it's some version. It looks like some version of, of the Lightroom mobile app that you can get they, on your phone. They claim here on the website that uh, 
well, of course, it shoots raw, and then the Zeiss look, I think they call it the Zeiss look or something, provides a great starting point for your preferred edit. So it, I think it's more like a, some of the algorithms in there, and then possibly the name that they paid a lot of money for, the Lightroom name. <laughs> uh, maybe, well, I don't know. At this point, it, uh, I haven't had a chance to see one in the in the real world. Has so. anyone seen it? Are there any real? Well, at this point, when this show is out, probably. I hope. It's going uh, to be I hope so. Yes, yes, possibly. We, we, we're having to record this one a little way in advance, so um, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's something that will will evolve as as we go forward. But so so but but this is point number two, right? The point about how how good it is or whether you know whether it works effectively or not is is a little bit moot for this particular conversation because you know um coming back to the reason you're going to need to buy a new bag right (laughs) (laughs) um at this you know we, we talk often about you know uh new types of camera and new types of photography uh i guess computational photography capability and and sometimes we talk about things like you know the light camera that has lots of lenses in it and things like that um but for me I think there are some things missing from cameras that that I would like to see. So, so what does this mean for the future of photography? Well, the the, the fact that I get frustrated that my camera doesn't have a good microphone built in, and the fact that there's this new camera that has some sort of photo editing stuff uh, built into it. Um, those are new things. Those are uh, well, sorry, the, the second one of those is actually quite an innovative thing. Um, so I guess it looks interesting. It does it look interesting, very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at some of the videos here online, and uh, yeah, it is. It is Lightroom, at least from what it looks like. Of course, it is. I mean, they, they yeah. claim it is Lightroom, and it seems to have at least some of the basic editing functionality in there. Yes. Yeah. So, so that the, uh, and as a um, as a value proposition uh, that escapes me a little bit because I don't actually use Lightroom, but <laughs> but the uh, it, the idea uh, for this is so you know our question: What does this mean for the future of photography? Well, I'd like us. Uh, I'd like to see cameras with more different stuff in. So, I'd like to see a camera with. A half decent built-in video, uh, be, be, excuse me, built-in microphone. Um, it does. Do, does that? You know, would that be good for you? Uh, or perhaps would you? Um, would you like to have a camera that has some level of editing and possibly even you know digital asset management built in? Is that something that would, you'd be interested in? Well, at this point, my workflow as a professional photographer and when I'm out on photo tours is to shoot and then in the evening come back to the hotel, import into Lightroom on my laptop and then edit those and rate those and keyword them and so on. And uh, and then when I come home after the tour, I will sync that catalog with my local big one, with the master catalog I have here. On a desktop computer. Um, now, of course, what they what they're trying to do, what Adobe is trying to do, is with Lightroom to, to to create this this whole cloud-based thing where you have a mobile version of it, and that mobile version will synchronize with the catalog in the cloud, which will then synchronize with your catalog locally, 
and you yeah you just pretty much the, the similar experience to what you have on your smartphones today where my 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 photos from the iPhone go into the cloud and they are on my on, on my Macs and all my other devices um but more for the professional photographer with more options mm. for editing and so on and as much as you might hate a, a subscription model where you have to pay monthly instead of every other year you are um you have you get a lot of advantages to that and a lot of lot of convenience to that so i think that is what where where this is going sooner or later it is isn't it so so instead of buying a new laptop when your laptop that you travel with bites the dust um maybe you could buy a camera with lightroom built in and this camera by the way i don't think it has um memory cards it has inbuilt half a terabyte of memory um and so you know you you wouldn't need to take uh, a computer traveling with you at least not for the purposes of, of managing photographs um you shoot all your photographs uh, and uh, your videos uh, and it would all be saved in the camera and if your camera found a wi-fi signal when you're on your travels it would synchronize it into the adobe cloud you could do your basic edits you could you know so you'd be able to get uh, stuff out to uh, you know social media and what have you um for, for those basic first cut things uh and uh you wouldn't need a computer um so you know and, and you know you'd have all of that you know when we were talking a few weeks ago about my um, my ultimate TFOP uh, desk build project and, and being cloud first and stuff like that, um, you know it, that 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 would be part of a a cloud first digital asset management strategy um, to bring us all, all us old folk who have lots of hard drives dotted around the place, <laughs> kicking and screaming into the twenty twenties. You know, but- it, it has happened with my music. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I, I, as many who grew up in the 80s, uh, I had like a collection of CDs and then later on I, I digitized those. I ripped them onto the computer and then I had them in, in digital form on the computer in files. And then at one point Apple came across, came along with uh, their iTunes match, which pretty much let you put all those in the cloud and, uh, and have them available there. And now there is, for many people, no need to have physical music anymore because you just pay a monthly fee to a subscription service and you have all the music you ever need. And that could be Spotify yeah. or Apple Music <clears throat> and so on. So it, it, it is, uh, it, and, and that part has moved into the cloud without too much uh being being too much of a problem i mean there will yeah. still Although be people who have 15 that 15 years <laughs> I, it did take a while and it is a business model that i think well does work because there are so many people who can't be bothered uh dealing with uh, their maintaining their hard drives keeping backups that's all a big hassle and people don't do that and then they lose all their music by or all their photos with uh with a hard drive crash and that kind of stuff happens every day so uh, it it doesn't it might not directly cater to someone like me who kind of i mean I depend on having well, the my control photos freak and, type. You mean? <laughs> I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to that, for sure. And I still have my own music, but uh, but but um, then there is all this bunch of stuff in the cloud, and it's kind of yeah, it, it is very convenient. It really is, and 
And that is a very compelling value proposition. So it's interesting that you've still kept your music. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I recently uh, gave all my uh, my CDs and well, almost all my CDs and records to Oxfam mm-hmm. um, uh, because uh, I, I use I don't use Apple Music. I use Spotify actually, and when I, and I realised that actually I was never you know these things were stored away. They were still in the house, but they were just taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never used them. And there was a small handful of, uh, you know, thing, uh, albums that I couldn't get on Spotify. Oh, I have uh, that, a whole that bunch I just of kept. like so I have a small stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's maybe about I don't know twenty mainstream albums that for some reason maybe the artists hadn't done a deal or whatever um, that you couldn't get uh on spotify so i i kept a small handful of things um but uh, other than that um i i i don't need them anymore and i've moved on and if i didn't need to have you know two raid drives stuck on my desk i'd be quite happy not to have those as well although i'm not i'm not there yet <laughs> um but it, it so uh, and, and I think there will always be special, uh, special kind of uh, purposes. I mean, if you're a video producer, you need your, I don't know, fifty terabytes in direct access, which you cannot replicate. Oh on a cloud yeah, at this yeah. Point. But this isn't about this isn't about. This is not pros, about that. Is yes. it? This is about the ninety-five percent or the ninety-eight percent of people who are really enthusiastic about stuff, but actually, you know, don't necessarily need to have five backups and 50 terabyte drives. You know, this is, you know, so you could buy a, a, a Zeiss ZX one. Um, no, as we record this, no idea of the price. Um, and you get in one unit, you get everything you need to manage and back up your photos. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I like, I like the idea of the, the, uh, the automatic backup, um, I mean, a lot of us have that anyway, because a lot of our cameras now will talk to our phones or, or whatever. Or if we choose to take um, uh, choose to take computers along with us, then you could always get the memory card out of your camera, plug it into your computer, and the computer will do the backups automatically for you into the cloud or whatever if you choose. But it's it, it's sort of in terms of traveling light, um, yeah, it might might be a might be a good thing if they could do one that actually had a built-in microphone of some half decent quality. Right, you buy uh, the the road microphone in the show notes is and it's about sixty pounds or something. I mean, actually, maybe not even quite that in the UK. Um, that might be its big brother. It might be yeah, a bit less. Um, so these things are not expensive. It wouldn't make our cameras that much more expensive. Uh, there'd probably be some slight ergonomic issues, but you know, uh, camera ergonomics are often not that great anyway. <laughs> so, so uh, I. I I just want to you know, keep thinking, keep it ticking over in the back of our minds. What exactly are the things that we would choose to add to our cameras? What you know, if if we were the if we were in the focus groups, right? If we were the the product designers and we were the ones that were allowed to have crazy ideas uh, and actually bring them to reality. Of course, we're all allowed to have crazy ideas. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. but if we if we had the influence to start bringing those to reality, what what are things that that we would add? And you know, um, there's there's a call out to our listeners here because I I I'd, I'd be really interested to hear the things that uh, everybody else would like to add. And we've talked about two things to, today: audio and you know uh, editing. 
Um, what else in this uh, marvelous world where we've got such good cameras? Uh, what else would everybody like to see as the future of photography? And that's all I've got to say about that. That was awesome. <laughs> we could have just ended the show right there. The Baker Hard Cut. Um, which we won't do, but uh, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Episode 52 <laughs> of The Future of Photography will be back in a week from now. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> we should have really cut it right there. There's a cut there if you want to. <laughs> You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 